1: The Hollywood Life Podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-anchor today, Ali Stagnina. Hi, Ali. Yes. Hi, so great to be here. And we are very excited to welcome a special guest. And here she is, the lovely Vanessa Lachey. Hello. Welcome. Hi.
0: Thank you for having me. Well,
1: Thanks thank you for me. joining us. And congratulations, because you're the fabulous series that you've co-hosted along with your husband, Nick. Love is Blind has been Emmy nominated. Woo! So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty it's been a fun ride just to be a part of. We're so grateful. It definitely
0: is a labor of love with everybody involved. Kinetic, Netflix, the entire crew. It's been um, it's been really great. And to see it acknowledged as that is it's even
1: it's the icing on the cake. Well, and I mean, literally it is a labor of love because it was about love and it's now been renewed for two more seasons. Yeah.
2: Amazing, we need more of that. It was such a lighthearted, fun show that it was so different from anything we've ever seen. What was it like when you first found out about really what they were going to be doing on this show? I mean, what was your reaction?
0: Well, I remember vividly the meeting we had. It was me and Nick. We were in in Netflix at the Netflix office. And then we went to meet with Kinetic and Chris over at Kinetic and really talk about the concept. And we're like, this is amazing. It's one of those things that's so simple, but you don't think about. If you have an emotional relationship and connection as the foundation for your love, you are, you're doing good. And so to, to, put that on television and to find a way to personify that emotional connection with pods and the dating cycle and removing external factors, i.e. your looks, your financial background, your family and friends, social media, Mm -hmm. and seeing truly bringing it back to the core of what love is. We were so fascinated and excited because I'm not going to compare our courtship to the show, but there were some similarities in the sense that when Nick, And I started dating, I was in New York, he was in LA. And it was a lot of phone texting or phone calls, you know, laying in bed at night, getting to know each other. And then when we saw each other, everything was elevated and escalated. And it was even that much more because we had this emotional relationship. So when we were filming, we started seeing it unravel and unfold. And it's not something that you can fabricate or script or even predict. So as it was happening, I mean, we were hoping for one, maybe two proposals, and they got so many that we couldn't follow all of them because we didn't have enough camera crews. And um, and it ended up just really becoming this beautiful process that we were able to share with the world, not mean spirited, not, you know, nasty, just truly finding love based on an emotional connection. And that's something that we all need to remind ourselves is what's going to last the test of time.
1: Exactly, because now the concept, wasn't it, now you correct me, was it 16 potential couples that started? Oh gosh, you know what? I wanna say there might've been 20. Oh, 20. You're I, I, you know
0: what? Don't quote me. It was We shot that in 20, 19, 2018 or 19, it was a long time ago. Um, fall of 20, maybe 18 or 19, I don't right. remember. I think it was 2018. I think that's, that's what I read, you know, year and and a half, but that's also, I think the beauty of why these relationships were able to succeed beyond the fact that they had an emotional connection and foundation. They were also left alone before the world found out about them for a good solid year and just getting to know each other. And, you know, that, that's a, that's a, a very fragile time in your marriage. And so they were able to develop that bond even more and then share it with, with the
1: world. Right. So they got a lot more time than, for example, a bachelor or bachelorette couple to be under the radar. Yeah. And now, um, from what I remember from the show, uh, there were eight couples that ended up together, but two are actually still got, who got married, are still married and very happy from everything I know. Three. Well, that's right, because one didn't end up on the show. They, yeah. All the that were married were on the show.
2: Yeah. Um, so tell me about Lauren. Lauren and Cameron, they are, like, so in love. Like, did you, from the beginning, just, like, eye these two, and you were like, they are so perfect for each other? Like, tell me just about their romance.
0: You can just feel it. I, I remember meeting Lauren, and I was like, I love her. I love her energy. I love everything about her, her positivity. She's gorgeous, obviously, but I, that. I saw that. And it was cute when they asked each other what they thought they looked like. It, she, it was cute. That was a cute moment in the show, which actually didn't make air, but um, I'll leave that for them to air one day. Yeah. But um, it was really great to see these people just open their heart. Everybody just wanted love. And I hope that that trickles into season two and three, because now that people know what the show is, I truly believe that if someone comes into it with an open mind and an open heart, they will find love. But if they want to be famous, they might get hurt and they might be embarrassed. I don't know. But if you come in wanting to put all your guards down and not judge someone else a book by its cover, so to speak, you will find love because we're giving them the tools for a lasting relationship and getting to know somebody on an emotional level. And, and there's a lot of thought that goes into the casting, which is actually casting was nominated for an Emmy as well. Oh, they try to find characteristics that it's not just about a TV show. It's truly about making these connections with people and then that translating on screen to a television show.
2: you actually just... just- friend who was called for casting and went through <laughs> all these questions it was so interesting though for her to tell me the question she was asked because i have never heard a lot of them before like i've talked for to you know casting directors before and just the the question she was asked was so interesting and really- that's one of the
0: questions i'd love to know um, <laughs> yes tell us
2: one of the ones that she had said um you know, there was obviously, there were things about, like, your, like, least favorite foods, and, like, if you had, like, these choices on a menu, like, what would you pick,
0: and, like, they even- That's interesting, because a lot of the, a lot of the connections were, like, oh my god, you love, you know, uh, food from Chicago, I'm gonna make you, I- And so a lot of the connections were about food, because we do, I mean, look, I love to cook, and I feel like the weight of my husband's heart was his stomach, so (laughs) I totally, you know- just cooked for him until he fell in love with me. But um, <laughs> that's an interesting question because it's not about like, what do you look for in a man six feet? Or what do you, it's like, what kind of foods do you like? Cause you have to eat with this person and you share meals with them when you live together. Like if someone's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm vegan. And the other person's like, I love barbecued ribs. You're like, that's not gonna connect. <laughs> no, not gonna live together. You guys are going to hate each other every meal, and there's three meals a day. <laughs> like,
1: it is true that that definite, like compatibility for eating is actually a big deal. Why do you think that Lauren Speed and Cameron Hamilton have worked so well, are so happy together, happily married now? It's fun, fun to hear you say Lauren Speed and Cameron
0: Hamilton, because <laughs> I just see them as the Hamiltons. Yeah. Right? But you're right. Um Well, I'm so sorry, Bonnie, what was the question about them?
1: Why do you think that their relationship has worked so well and that it has, it's so solid?
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? Um, I think it's, it's why all of the relationships that have come out of the show, three are married, but four relationships are still, well, there's some that weren't even televised. I think all of them came in with an open heart. All of them were willing to uh, develop an emotional connection. And then, like I was saying, they had a year plus to really solidify their connection during the, uh, an important time before the world knew that they, who they were. So I think that all of that played into it. It's, it's honestly, it's a formula that I don't think you can, you can kind of, we can try to duplicate it, but it's, if you have an emotional connection as a foundation to your relationship, I do believe, I think even studies have shown you will make it because at the end of the day, it's so true. This fades, like everything falls or fades. <laughs> And if you can't connect to that person because you're driven by their heart, you're driven by their priorities, you're driven by their desire, then you're not gonna make it.
2: What's your advice for people coming into season two?
0: Have an open heart, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I used to say I, I didn't want tattoos on a guy. I mean, Nick, not only does he have tattoos, one of them is a son that used to say 98 degrees. Like you can't get any, like, you know what I mean? And it, it's something as simple as, I don't want a guy with tattoos, why? because I thought that I knew what that meant, that I knew that the type of guy, no, I adore my husband and I don't even see his tattoos. You know, Um, people think, oh, I want them to be this tall. You can fall in love with a guy who's shorter than you. If you just get those external factors out of the way and come in with an open mind and an open heart, I promise you will find some connection. Now, are you starting um, to film too soon? We were supposed to be filming now, but obviously in the environment, it's it's postponed.
1: Though I would think it's one of the shows that'd be easy to adapt because so much time is actually spent apart. (laughs) Maybe for
0: for the specific couples, like there's pods, but if you think about it, there's 20 women living in in an area, 20 men in an area, there's hundreds of crew, there's catering, there's camera, there's audio, there's producers, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people and it's eight weeks. So it's a lot of time for things to happen. And um, so we're just going to do it when the time is right and we can be responsible and,
1: and, and do it the way that it should be done. Now, well, we will look forward to that. Now, you've got three young children. Yes, uh, you definitely have your hands full. And um, you are, uh, how are you managing and are you being able to prepare for school in the coming year?
0: Uh, you know what? It's it's a very loaded question, I think, for all parents. And um, that's also why I'm super proud to partner with Kellogg and Rice Krispie Streets for this campaign, because I want to encourage moms to not be so hard on themselves and, and dads, parents, and just try not to get overwhelmed and create these moments that are simple yet powerful because they're from the heart. And what I mean by these moments are is that Rice Krispie Streets has created these boxes that you can get on Kelloggstore.com and they're 10 bucks. And then they donate $20 to No Kid Hungry for each box sold up to a certain amount. But so important right now. So important. So and important. And, um, and so it's a way that you can help your own family and your own children, but also help those in need. But in the kit, there's 12 treats and they've given you some mock ideas like the first tough test, your new routine rockstar, a growth spurt alert. They did a survey and... Um, and found out all these situations that give kids that make them a little anxious. And if you think about you as an adult and how you've been trying to manage this whole situation of what's going on in the world, could you imagine through the lens of a child? I mean, that's the first time it actually knocks me back. I was like, you're right. And through the survey, statistically, nearly 80% of kids are craving a handwritten note. They're craving that love and support from a parent and I wanna make it easy for moms and dads. I wanna say, you guys, we have the tools and the kit literally, love and case of, and all you have to do is just write that message because that comes from you. And they're gonna find it at the beginning of the day. And it's gonna, it's gonna be what fuels them through the day emotionally. It's kind of also like love is mine. Like when you give them that emotional confidence as a mother child relationship or a father-child relationship, I do believe that they can conquer things better throughout their day and they can handle adversity better. So I love that we're pairing that with what's happening back to school, because I don't know what's gonna go, what's gonna happen for my kids. I have one of my, I have a seven, five, and three-year-old. My five-year-old's gonna start kindergarten. And it terrifies me because I don't know if I'm gonna be the best kindergarten teacher or if she's gonna be going to kindergarten. So through all that uncertainty, I'm gonna do what I can with what I know. And what I know is she can use a little TLC for me right now. Oh. And I can write it down and show her.
2: Love that.
0: Totally. And, and what about your seven-year-old? He's going into second grade and, and he, I've been writing notes to him. I was telling someone else, I've been writing notes to him whenever something happens, something bad that made him sad or anxious or whatever. And I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, why does it always have to be when something bad happens? Why can't I just say, you're amazing today? Or you're gonna have a great day. I love you. Don't ever forget that. Or you're funny or you are a math whiz, anything. Because think about it, we want to hear it. Like I write notes to Nick on the mirror, I use lipstick and I'll just say, I love you or you're amazing. And it's one of those, I think when we, whenever we get in disagreements or arguments, he's like, we know I love you. I'm like, I still want to hear it. I want to hear you say, I love you. Or you're amazing or you're a great mom. I know how I feel and he knows how he feels, but we all love to hear it. So could you imagine kids, they really
1: want and actually need to hear it from us, so. So what, so with Rice Krispie, the Rice Krispy Treats, so what you're um, advising parents is to send love notes to their children? Yes. (laughs)
0: Honestly, it's, it's, like I said, something that's very
1: simple, but very
0: powerful. And what it will do to their emotional confidence and what it will do. Rice Krispies Treats with this kit, it's called Love in Case of. Like if you think of an emergency, even though this isn't an emergency, this is... Bridging the gap, the communication gap between parents and kids. Um, they partnered with Lori Gottlieb. She has written so many books on uh, the psychology of, uh, of everything that's going on with families. And truly, there's a missing link between parents and kids. And as the kids get older, I think we think that they're becoming independent. And so we back off. But that's when they need it the most. Mm-hmm. They need it at the beginning of the day. They need it as they continue to grow. And they crave it. But no kid's going to say, Mom, I want you to tell me I'm amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I love that I can partner with them and kind of just give that little extra nudge to parents, but also say, don't be so hard on yourself and don't be overwhelmed. I'm not asking you to do this elaborate thing. Every kid loves a Rice Krispies treats. And so if you can write it on the treat and personalize your own message, however you want, and they get it, they read it, they feel it, and then they enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that's really cute.
2: Vanessa, I have to ask because I saw on Instagram the other day a little throwback pic of you and your pageant days with In Sync, yeah. and they all reacted. <laughs> I gotta hear. about Do you recall just that meeting in general? And I mean, Joey Fatone's response was hysterical.
0: I do. It was actually, I was just talking to Mario Lopez. He was the host of Miss Teen USA in 1998, and he's like, looks the same. Um, that was in 1998. That was 22 years ago. This week. Oh, wow. Week. Um, I remember it. Of course I remember it. It was the moment that I met sync. I mean, what girl is going to forget that moment? I was an NSYNC groupie and I have that photo in my office. <laughs> I actually think I posted it a while ago and then someone found it and then Lance reposted it. And so it's made its rounds again, but um, it definitely was a, a very special moment for me. But I tell my husband all the time, while I was an sync groupie, I was, I, I love you for you. Not because I was a 98 Degrees groupie.
2: No, cause I, <laughs> And that's important to point out. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. Very important.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. It was so, Great so, talking with you. Great to talk
1: to you. And we'll look Thank forward so to much. the next season of Love is Blind and we hope that it can happen soon. Yes, thank you. Me too. Take care, you guys. Great talking with thank you. you. Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you. Bye.